the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm really looking forward to our weekly visit with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org. I always do, but man, the news events make me look forward to it even more. You can find out more about Matt's positions on the issues in Ohio as he explores a run for governor. That website is OhioMatt.com, and that is how you can follow him on Twitter at OhioMatt. Let's jump right into the whistleblower testimony yesterday. Are you like me? Do you find yourself yelling at the television when uh, Democrats are questioning uh, witnesses or at least trying to piece together commentary about what they're asking and the uh, lack of applicability of what they're asking to what the witnesses are equipped to testify about? What I sit there and think to myself is they have zero curiosity about whether any of this is actually true. Yeah, they, they just presume totally. right they're in protection mode for the Biden family. Yeah. And I, I, you just kind of remember those good old days when this type of these two men coming before Congress 30 years ago, neither side would have been trying to score points or trying to, you know, defend. They would have been like, what in the heck's going on here? I mean, this is credible testimony, right? This is this is important stuff. And then you've got that moron trust fund from the Levi family, Dan Goldman, who thinks he's <laughs> helping Joe Biden out. And all he ends up doing is essentially listening from this guy, the fact that Joe, Joe and Hunter did talk about his business dealing. So, you know, again, and, and Bruce, you and I have talked about this. I continue to think to myself, how do they not appoint a special counsel yeah. on this? Not that it would matter, right? Because no. they'll do another Robert Hur, yeah. which you know won't do anything important. But but again, how do you have the Justice Department, which reports to Joe Biden, not have a special counsel that's immune from that reporting structure? Because it is clear, especially when these two men are saying they were obstructed in their investigation by those above them. Like it is the precise reason why you have a special counsel designation. I've often said we get so into the weeds on all these issues, we fail to ask the most obvious question. That's the obvious question to me is, is why does Donald Trump's name come up at all yesterday? And the other thing yesterday, the Raskin tack, which was, well, this is just a normal disagreement between an investigator and a prosecutor. No, they couldn't resolve any dispute they have because these guys keep telling you they were stopped from investigating what they wanted to investigate. Look, Jamie, and I don't know if Jamie Raskin, I didn't realize he was a prosecutor or investigator in his prior life, but okay, whatever. But yeah, this isn't about a bunch of people sitting around the coffee table saying, here's what we think is going on, this is what we want to do. And the other side says, oh, I don't think there's enough there. We're not, you know, I've watched Law and Order, right? I know how this works. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, these are guys have people sitting outside of Hunter Biden's house in L.A. and are being instructed to not talk to him, wait for his call, do not ask Joe Biden questions, do not investigate. So, I mean, that's not a disagreement about the, the strength of the case. That's a disagreement. That's a obstruction to investigate, period. And that's the problem, right? And, and, yes. and this is where, again, you know, it, it, the, 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 the question that you, that you say, it's a simple question, right? My simple question is this. Hey, Hunter Biden, why would you need 15 to 20 different LLCs Amen. and all these organizations? And what would you do for all this money? That, that's all I want to know. Yep. Just come in and testify in a row, answer, answer those questions. 
right? Because that's what doesn't make any sense. And that's the cut. That's the George Will sniff test, right? Yes. This isn't passing the sniff test, which is why a growing majority of Americans believe Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's businesses, knew about his businesses, and why it's going to hurt his reelection if they continue to stonewall like this. Yeah, if it's all above board, just come in and tell us how. Like, why do I don't have I don't have one Shell Corporation? Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org. Check out his position paper on an exploratory run for governor at OhioMatt.com. And one of the things I know you're concerned about is jobs in Ohio. You have some innovative ideas on that. You've talked about an airport, maybe uh, Columbus, uh, uh, Dayton, I believe, Tandem Airport or a Dayton-Cincinnati Tandem Airport. Just good ideas. And one of the things that I know troubles you is that there aren't enough jobs for people in Ohio outside of the development around Cincinnati, the development around Columbus. And you have some numbers on OpportunityOhio.org that speaks to that migration out of the state. Yeah, look, you know, so this week I've, I've hit, I, went, I was in Columbia County and then I was in Clinton County with Wilmington, right, has the airport down there. I was up in Stark County and I was in Summit County. I've done a thousand miles this week talking to Ohioans. And I'm telling you, they are they, they are frustrated because you get out of the Columbus area, you get out of Cincinnati area, and there are no jobs. We're hollowing out. They're losing their best and brightest. And, and there's not much being done about that, right? And, and the National Association of Realtors did a whole um, a study of, of you know, people who bought houses and sold houses and, you know, from which state to which state. And in Ohio, once again, bottom of the list, according to the National Association of Realtors, you know, 9,100 families mm. net, net left Ohio. So some came in, but 9,100 net families left Ohio. And that's consistent wow. with losing 44,000 Ohioans in the last three years, 33,000 before that. And, you know, and this is going to continue if we continue to be a state that's at the bottom of the ranking you know, essentially ranking after ranking. And that's that's why I'm exploring a run. And when I hear from Ohioans again and again, they love the ideas that I'm throwing over the transom. They they want the political reforms uh, in Columbus. They want to do things like right to work, get rid of the state income tax, make school choice truly universal. 100% of state dollars going to schools, then will go to the kids wherever those kids go. That's the things that they're excited about. That's where we're getting tons of momentum. And nothing's being done in, in Columbus, and there's no leadership out of Mike DeWine and Don Houston on some of these core issues. Thankfully, we see it out of J.D. Vance in Washington, but we're seeing not much here in Columbus. Yeah, J.D. Uh, unveils a proposed law that would outlaw transgender surgeries, treatment of minors. It's got no shot in the Senate. It's never going to get passed through the Senate. But at least you force people to take a position on that issue here in Ohio. We have that proposed. The SAFE Act is proposed. It's passed the House. It's not law yet. I assume it will pass the Ohio Senate. And I still don't know what the governor will do with it, which to me speaks to his lack of leadership on this issue, that he is not clear in his support of scientific authenticity up until about five minutes ago when we all knew that men can't be women, women can't be men, that girls should have private spaces to themselves, and on and on and on and on. The governor just refuses to take a stand on it. Well, and, 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 and what that is a lack of leadership, right? I call these men without voices. And where's John Houston? Where, where, are the, where are these folks leading in Ohio? They're just absent. And, you know, they're more concerned about losing NCAA first-round basketball games yep. than they are about protecting girls on the sports pitch, in the bathroom, of making sure we don't do you know, gender dysphoria surgeries on young minors or puberty blockers. And thank God you got somebody like J.D. Vance who's really stand up. And somebody like me, I'm in the same position. I speak about this all the time. We're going to push back on this when I'm governor. But my God, you know, how do you have a state that has leaders, quote, leaders, who can't seem to find their voice on an issue after issue after issue? They'll talk about intel. They'll talk about an EV battery plant. But God forbid they talk about core issues that go to the, to the thrust of our community, right?
Yeah, it is very sad. It's almost to me like I don't understand why the governor ran for a second term because it feels like he wanted to uh, – he feels like a, a baseball player who announces his retirement uh, a year before his final season starts and he wants to get a rocking chair and a plaque and a lifetime supply. No, no, Bruce, of no, no, Bruce what it is is Mike DeWine wanted his picture in the state capitol. That's why he ran for governor. No, 30 years from now, no one's going to remember Mike DeWine, and that's the reality, right? If you want to be governor, if you want to lead, then lead. But when you sit around and you do nothing, you nibble on the margins, that's a, that is a massive problem because then things don't get done, and Ohioans in those 78 counties outside of the Columbus and Cincinnati area suffer mightily for that lack of leadership. Yeah, as Margaret Thatcher once said, you stand in the middle of the road, you get hit by cars going both directions. <laughs> Take a stand. That's, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, stop putting your finger to the wind. But look, we should, this isn't surprising. Mike DeWine has finger in the wind as a senator, right? He was one of the gang of 14 that, that, that stopped George W. Bush from appointing conservatives right to the courts because he wanted to cut a deal with the left. Well, you, you can't cut a deal with the left. We now know that, right? Nope. So it's just this, again, moderation gets you nothing. It gets you run over because you're in the middle of the road, as Thatcher, Thatcher yeah. wisely said. Don't spend a second trying to make friends with people who will hate you no matter what you do, would be my uh, assessment. Uh, quickly, uh, the Jason Aldean, Try That in a Small Town, I think it's a really good song. I think it's uh, it's an interesting song in that it conveys small-town community values He's talking about incidents, you know, carjackings, uh, spitting on cops and stuff like that, that is standing up for people who have been victims of crime. Rap songs glorify committers of crimes, yet nobody ever protests the vulgarity, the uh, immorality, uh, the decadence in rap songs. No, that's exactly right. Well, except uh, Tipper Gore, you know, 30 years ago, yeah. did, right? Um but no, that's exactly right. And, you know, I, I, I put this on Twitter, right? Everybody said, oh, you know, watch the video. Good song. Good song. Hey, folks, buy the song. Yes. Download Amen. it. Stream it. Right. Because drive it to number one, because just like just like with with the tra- you know, trafficking movie. Right. Our dollars speak volumes. And if people don't just people just do their little like, you know, tweet without actually doing anything. doesn't matter. So buy the song, download the song, make that song number one for the next five weeks. Because it's an important song for the message it sends, which is all this stuff that happens in these big Democrat blue cities, they would never get away with it if they were in small town America. And, you know, this is what reminds me of it. I know you'll remember this, right? This is, you know, Rick Monday, right? Playing for yep. the Cubs at the time. The protesters are going to run out there. They're going to burn a flag, right, in, 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 in the outfield. And what is out of nowhere comes Rick Monday, grabs that flag before they can and makes sure he saves that flag, right? That's what small town America does. And that's what we need more of here. Not let's cancel let's cancel Jason Aldean and his wife Brittany because they're good patriotic Americans who stand up for small town values. We need more small town values, not less. Amen to that. Every word. Matt Mayer joins us every Thursday, right out of the shoot at twelve oh five. Check out his website, OhioMatt.com. That is his exploratory run for governor. OpportunityOhio.org. Follow him on Twitter at OhioMatt. Always great, my friend. Thanks for the time. Thanks. So I know you're out, you're about, you're doing your day, and you think, uh, well, there can't be anything more consequential than the whistleblower testimony from yesterday, Bruce. Why don't you pay more, play more of it? First of all, there's a ton of it. And it just followed this really bothersome script, which we'd have a Republican questioning these two guys. One of them was from Ohio, the one that was named for the first time yesterday. 
Joseph Ziegler. He's from uh, Kirtland, Ohio. That's a Cleveland suburb. Uh, he went to Ohio University. He got his MBA from John Carroll. He's been working for the IRS for years. What you need to know is this is not like your normal run-of-the-mill uh, IRS pocket protector guy with an attache case who shows up at your door or my door where we're being audited about maybe, you know, a T we didn't cross or an I we didn't dot on our tax return. So this guy and Gary Shapley above him, these are like the high-level IRS agents who are put on international tax crimes with money laundering and millions and millions of dollars. $17 million is the number now that Hunter Biden got from foreign entities. Oh, nothing to see here. Oh, what could be the problem? You can't prove anything had to do with the president. Could we look into it? So the Republicans would ask about the the testimony they were giving and the investigation they tried to do and how it was hamstrung. And then a Democrat would come on and prattle on about Trump, 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 Trump. Or racism, 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 racism. And you're like, do you not understand this is a big deal for any American president, regardless of political party, to be taking or benefiting or possibly benefiting? I mean, let's just ask the questions and let's get answers and let's figure out if he did or didn't benefit from millions of dollars from foreign actors. No, the Democrats have no interest in it. None. They won't ask a question about it. The best pushback of Democrats was Jamie Raskin of New Jersey. I've said he's from New York. He's from New Jersey. Same difference. Saying, you know, prosecutors and investigators disagree all the time. You guys thought Hunter Biden committed felonies. Prosecutor Weiss didn't think so. That's what this is. It's just nothing more than a disagreement. And Gary Shapley said, no, not factually accurate. Weiss agreed. And so did Leslie Wolf. His adjutant agreed that we had felonies that we should charge. And then they weren't charged. That was one way to push back on Jamie Raskin's attempt to obfuscate on this. But the other way was what I just shared with Matt Mayer, which is you answer it by saying, well, maybe the reason we disagreed about the charges we should bring is that we weren't allowed to do the investigation, ask the questions, find out the facts that we wanted to find out. For instance, do you think it'd be a good idea if you were going to investigate Hunter Biden for tax evasion, that you interview Hunter Biden without Hunter Biden knowing you're going to interview him or without Hunter Biden being tipped off that you're going to search a storage locker where he might have materials. This is not a guy who's very meticulous in his record keeping. Otherwise, his laptop might have been left at a Delaware repair shop to fall into the hands of the FBI first and then Republicans later when the FBI did nothing with it. They couldn't interview Hunter Biden. They couldn't interview Hunter Biden's children. They couldn't interview Joe Biden. They couldn't ask questions where people might answer about Joe Biden. Oh, but let's ask about the rate of blacks audited by the IRS compared to whites audited by the IRS, because that's as completely irrelevant a question as I can possibly think to ask. Chantel Brown, moron, Northeast Ohio. So I get so mad about this because... The Democrats wanted to do to these guys and effectively engaged in doing to these guys what they did on COVID, what they do on everything, which is we're not going to allow you to even talk about it. We're going to take you off Facebook. We're going to take you off Twitter. One of the people testifying today besides RFK is Emma Jo Morris. Emma Jo Morris 
is the person who broke the Hunter Biden story in the New York Post. She broke the story in the New York Post. And here's what happened. Here's why Facebook and others banned that story. Just Emma Jo Morris refreshing your memory. Facebook said it would curb distribution and reach of the links on its platform. However, the stories were not based on hacked materials, nor were they Russian disinformation. And despite those claims appearing to come out of thin air at the time, we would eventually learn that they actually didn't come out of thin air at all. On October 19th, five days after the Post began publishing, Politico ran a story headlined, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former intel officials say. God, I can't even say that with a straight face, you know? <laughs> Politico printed a letter completely uncritically from veteran members of the U.S. intelligence community falsely claiming that the Post expose has, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. My God. <laughs> Most notable among the signatories of that letter were Jim Clapper from former DNI, Michael Hayden, former CIA, John Brennan, former CIA. Despite having such damaged credibility following their participation in the Russia collusion conspiracy theory. A few days later, on October 22nd, when Biden appeared in the second presidential debate, and was uh, confronted with the facts of the Post's reporting, he said to Trump, quote, 50 former national intelligence professionals said this, what he's accusing me of is a Russian plot. But it was not. Um, and he knew that. I think he said it was a Russian plant, but leave it to Joe Biden to screw up the teleprompter. Uh, here's Morris wrapping up in a powerful way. To this day, hundreds of people from the intelligence community work at social media companies. Over the last few years, my reporting has been confirmed by virtually every mainstream news outlet, from the Washington Post to the New York Times to Politico, when the stakes were nothing, by the way, two years later. No one denies that the laptop is real, that the origin story is exactly what I told you it was in the first place. This elaborate censorship conspiracy wasn't because the information being reported on was false. It was because it was true, and it was a threat to the power centers in this country. What this relationship between the U.S. government officials and American corporations represent is, is an unprecedented push to undermine the First Amendment, the right to think, write, read, say, whatever we want. And how we respond will determine whether we see a free press as inalienable or as optional. Thanks. She's right. If we don't get that, if we don't understand the gravity of it, if we don't stand up for the power of it, the necessity of it, the pristine nature of it, we are doomed. Whatever the administration is in power, whoever's in Congress, whoever sits on these subcommittees, if they don't understand, and right now half of them don't, that free speech is essential to freedom, that you have to have the ability to say things that are wrong because you don't pick and choose what you hear, then we're doomed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.